Behind every bit of mom wisdom is a story. A story of a real mom and real kids just trying to love each other well. Whether you're cozied up on the couch with a mug of coffee or out for a walk, you're welcome to join us as we share stories and laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the I'm On Podcast. Welcome to the I'm On Podcast. Chloe and Susan and Megan and Abby, we're all here again today to talk about a pretty heavy topic, but one that I think is very relevant for our kids today, and it is pornography. So today's episode is My Kids Saw Porn, Now What? And Megan is sharing today's story. So I'm just going to paint a little picture for everyone. It's, what, 1998? I don't know, Susan, you probably remember better than I would, but I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade. And I think everyone at that day and age uh, was taking literature. And so in our literature class, we were studying, I don't know if it was Roman or Greek mythology. Anywho, we had to do an art or like a book project on something. I don't know if it was like the Odysseus or the Odyssey, or maybe that was even too advanced for that grade. So I had to do a class project and I had like Aphrodite or something like that as my Greek mythology character. And so we had like one family computer. It was those massive, you know, (laughs) dial up massive computers, three feet away from the wall. (laughs) What? It sits like three feet away from the wall because the back is. Yeah, exactly. And and we had one computer. It was in the family room. And so I get on to, you know, do my class project. And of course, being the dumb little fourth grader that I was or fifth grader, I type in like, (laughs) like, I don't know what I typed in. Like, pretty girl or like beautiful woman or something like that. And this was when, you know, the internet had just come on the market or whatever. And of course there was no like blockers or anything like that. (laughs) And so of course, some of the first like images I got were very graphic pornography. And I didn't even know what pornography was at the time, but obviously I knew I, it was graphic enough that I knew I saw something bad um, because it was girl naked and very inappropriate positions. Mm. And so it really freaked me out. Fortunately, someone picked up the phone in the house and disconnected you from the internet and got (laughs) got bumped off the internet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't even know what I did, Susan. I mean, did I come to you? I don't, I think I was just kind of like freaked out and I was like, what just happened? Yeah, you did come to me because you're a chicken and I like it. (laughs) (laughs) A chicken? Oh, oh, okay. Fourth grader season. It's like, no, no, no chicken. That's the wrong word. But you were so super cautious about everything that, yes, it freaked you out. Do you remember, Megan, like what was going through your mind? I just landed on it and I was like, whoa, what is that? And then I was like, oh my gosh. It traumatized me. I don't remember what's going through my mind. I just remember being like, what is that girl doing? And then it wasn't a video. It was just a picture. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and I was so freaked out. I remember the image to this day because I think it's burned in my brain, unfortunately. But it, it I was so, I don't know if I was naive or the fact that I was just young and I didn't know what that was, but Unfortunately, I think I had to learn about pornography a lot earlier than I needed to and would have liked to because I just didn't understand what she was doing. Right. Yeah. And now, fast forward, however many years later it is, um, now it's not just a family computer. I mean, kids have tablets and phones and things. And so that's why we're seeing so many more children seeing pornography at a younger age. The average age now is 12. But that's not, I mean, there are kids that are way younger that are not just 
stumbling upon it, but like also seeking it out because they have stumbled upon it and have not done what you did, Megan, which was, you know, confess and say, well, not confess, you didn't do anything wrong, but go to your mom and say, hey, you know, this just happened. Susan, what was your, would you remember what you responded with? It was bad. Like, I was horrified. I was like, you know, oh my gosh. Immediately trying to figure out, you know, how do you filter this stuff? What do you do? Because like she said, it was pretty early on in internet life but uh it was it's burned in my brain yeah and i'm an adult yeah yeah well we had um a similar occasion in my family with my older son so as far as like the average being 12 my son's 11 and it has just like broken my heart that basically megan what your experience was was the same for my son and he had the same response which was shut it down and tell an adult. And I, so I have tried to turn it into like a really positive experience for him. Not that's how this sounds weird. That came out wrong, but I mean, like, um, praise him for, for listening to his conscience, telling an adult, I'm thanking God that there, there was an adult there to speak to him and to, you know, be a, a voice to him in that really scary moment. Yeah, I, I have a good friend who's a therapist, and she explained this to me because we had many conversations. Our kids were the same age, so we had many conversations about this. And she said, we naturally have this thing called icky borders where we kind of, even though we don't know if something's wrong for sure, we sense that it is. Mm-hmm. And she said, and, and of course, some people's icky borders are ickier than others, you know. And she said, typically, girls have a little bit stronger icky borders mm. than boys, you know. They they even, you know, just think about them in life. They don't mind get, getting dirty as much, whatever. But she said, the problem is, is that what, what happened to Megan and actually myself in seeing this, she said, when you see something that crosses your icky borders like that, it's like, bookmarked in your brain and she said what happens then and she said she's she had counseled children that this happened to because their parents like caught them looking at these things and they had innocently happened upon it but um it can bookmark in their brain and it tickles a little fancy like you kind of know that it's something and it and if the child then has unsupervised access they go back to it because they think about it and she said that's the problem that's the thing I think that scares me is having a child who doesn't have um, either the courage to come to me or uh, maybe even like just doesn't want to come to me and talk to me. Like, how do you have that open dialogue with your child of, hey, if there's ever something you yeah. see that you feel weird about, even if it's not an icky feeling, even if it's like a curious, weird feeling, I still want them to come talk to me because, I mean, gosh, I have a lot of friends who've been through some pretty horrible stuff with sexual assault and a lot of it started with um exposure to pornography at a Mm -hmm. young age and Mm -hmm. you know they they saw things they shouldn't have seen at a really young age and they kept that a secret for a very long time and you know fortunately you know praise god they've you know talked about things and have healed from those experiences but i just think that it's it's so common that younger and younger kids are being exposed to things and well, and statistically, it's like 88% of scenes in pornographic films have acts of physical aggression. And wow. so if kids are able to watch that when they're young and when they're forming their idea of what sex is and what is normal, yeah. then obviously that is going to affect affect that. Mm-hmm. You know, Susan, what you said about 
um, that curiosity. So my first exposure was not the internet because it wasn't 1998 (laughs) um, when I was babysitting. Like we didn't have anything in my house, um, but I was babysitting and the dad of the kid that I babysat had Playboys or whatever they were. And I remember, and videos, like you had the magazines and the videos and I was like, what is this? And so it wasn't in my house, but... I knew when I went back and babysat at that place, there was that thing there that was really yeah d- interesting. And I think I knew what it was. I think I was probably 14. So I think I knew what Playboy was. I don't, not even by seeing it, just hearing about it. Um, but it became this thing that was, maybe because I never talked to my parents about it, it became like this weird, like forbidden, yeah. mm-hmm. like tantalizing thing, yeah. you know? And fortunately... Like I, it was not something that became an issue for me, but I could totally get it. It does spark those little things in your brain, these synapses or whatever in your brain that um, tell you, go back and look at it again, yeah. go back and do it again. Well, especially if you are in that age, like middle school, where you're developing, you right. know, you've, sure. you've already got hormones going sure. crazy in your body. And then you see that and it's kind of like double whammy. Yeah. Well, and I think it can go, it can go that way for some people or in my situation, I had to learn all about like the pornography industry yeah. and human trafficking and like the really dark, horrible side of, you know, I mean, it's all horrible, but I had to learn all about that side of it. And that to me rocked my world. Cause I just did not realize like that went on in the world. And yeah. especially at a young age to have to learn that that was happening to girls, my age really freaked me out. Well, and I think that brings up a good point, Megan, like as far as talking to your kids about this. So if you do know that your child saw pornography or if they are courageous enough to come to you and tell you what is the right response? Because I don't know if every kid needs to hear that there is human trafficking going on or whatever. But for the conversation I had with my son, it kind of led to that. It Mm. was like, well, why would a company put a tag on this kind of website that said something about children? Like, because that's how he ended up finding it was that this website that he went to, which was safe, had an unsafe link on it. And I had to explain to him how this industry wants to find children and wants to expose these pictures to kids at a young age. And he was like, well, why? And and so I had to kind of explain the business and the money making side, like it just the conversation naturally led into that. And he's inquisitive enough that he wanted he just wanted to know all that but I think you that was me that was me is I just was like well why would like why would anyone want to do this and why would and it like it just led to you know, learning all about that, which is Well, the bottom line, you know, the Bible wants us and God wants us to dwell on whatever is good and right and pure. And the great thing is children are born into this innocent world where we keep them in that way. We mm-hmm. don't expose them that, to that stuff. The problem is we now have this technology where they are getting exposed. And so, you know, to a child, I would say, you know, there's, there's good and evil. And, you know, there are people out there who want you to see what's evil. Um, Because the Bible also says the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If if it's not, you're filling your body with darkness. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is. It is darkness. Mm -hmm. It is wrong. It is taking advantage of other humans and children. And it's trying to trap you into a lifestyle that will then keep you addicted to it. Right, yeah. And that's another thing that I said, because 
I didn't want him to associate what he saw mm. with something that's bad. Mm. I said, you know, you saw a woman's body and a woman's body is not a bad thing. It is yeah. a beautiful thing, but it is not meant to be looked at in this way. So it's kind of like you're having to undo some damage <laughs> yeah. that has maybe been done. It's a, it's a hard concept for a child because, of course, they don't know about physical intimacy and marriage and all those things. They can't even fathom it. And yet they're being exposed to somebody trying to distort it. And that is the point. It's a distortion of what God created. And they're getting that distorted look before they're getting the right look. And it really is heartbreaking. I mean, I cried about it and I just... I was glad I had some time to pray and to think about it before I talked to him, just the way that the whole thing played out. Um, Because I really did need some time to just carefully think about my words. So I think that that's like one one bit of advice is to think carefully before you speak to your child. You know, don't wait too long, but really be mindful about the conversation that you have. Um, I think that it can open a door, though, to a lot of conversations going forward you know like and that's what I'm thankful for with my son I'm like we already were talking about sex together and like the body and stuff for the most part but now we really I think feel more comfortable having these conversations and I don't want that conversation Mm -hmm. to ever stop so I think too not reacting like we've talked about this so many times but it is such a shock as a mom when you see ah like (laughs) this happened shut it down like you said throw it out but not reacting, saying, hmm, you know, I'm so sorry you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That was never intended for your eyes. And this is like you said, somebody trying to make money off of something that's supposed to be good and making it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, we had already read the book Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. We read it a few months ago. And I, I can't recommend that enough for parents. And if you're like, oh, no, my kid's too young. There's a young child version of it and mm-hmm. then like a bigger kid version. I think we read the bigger kid version. But it's not like, oh, my kid's got to find out what pornography is. And yes, they do say the word and they do identify what it is. But it's really more about teaching your child what the brain does when it experiences things that it likes, Mm -hmm. like sugar or whatever, you know, it sends these little signals and then it connects that to seeing a picture that it's not Mm -hmm. quite sure if it likes, but this little thing goes off. And so it just helps them understand why this good, quote, good feeling that they have might not be something that they need to go after again. Mm. And so um, I was just really grateful that we had already read it so that it didn't necessarily feel like a punishment that mm. I was then reading it to my my mm. kids. So I would I would recommend that to anybody. And we'll put a link in the show notes to that book. And what a great way, like title, because the reality is even driving down the street, you can see a billboard that is just yeah. about pornography. So bad picture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's everywhere. It's not just on the Internet. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's like younger kids. What about... What about big kids? Like, Susan, did you have to have or did what kind of conversations did you have with your kids as teenagers? Yeah. So the girls, I don't remember that we had that many because we kind of had that happen and talked about that. The boys, my husband to this day will occasionally have conversations with our sons Mm. just because every once in a while he gets really convicted that, gosh, because of what we do, the research Mm -hmm. we do, he'll read something or I can't tell you how many people come to him and, you know, share with him their life story and how it has really put their family Mm -hmm. through difficult times. So every once in a while, he'll still have conversations with their boys about what they look at and guarding their eyes, guarding their heart doing it, you know, for their future wives and just for the health of 
um, their relationships with women. Yeah. On um, Covenant Eyes, some statistics here. 57% of teens search out porn at least monthly. And this survey they did, 25, 24% of teens and young adults believe not recycling is worse than viewing pornography. And what's, what's that number? Like about 25%. 24% of teens and young adults believe mm. not recycling is worse than viewing pornography. And I think that kind of sums up like one of the bigger issues is that adults, yeah. you know, if we're the parents here, so many parents don't think there's anything wrong with it. So why keep your kids from looking at it? Yeah. You know, I think that we could all agree like a seven year old looking at it is is one thing. But some parents, I don't think, are dissuading their teenagers from looking at it. To think that it doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. Right. And um, I think it sends uh, kids down a path of not having healthy relationships and having expectations that are incorrect. So what do you think the issue with is with, you know, people seeing the severity of pornography? Because, I mean, you know, we have a lot of content on iMom about the dangers of pornography. And, you know, most of the comments and responses are in agreement, But the ones that aren't, it is that sentiment of this is you know you're overreacting you're overreacting this is is an imaginative response like kids are gonna get into it or whatever and like you said abby it's not i'm sure they're not talking about the seven-year-old they're talking about the 14 15 year old right so how do we really like hone in on the severity of this for us pornography is bad at its root because it is not God's design for the body and for sex. For somebody who does not come from a believer's background, how how do you argue it then? Fight the New Drug is a website that is not affiliated with any religion. And they they have a lot of great research. And one of the things that they found is that people who consume porn tend to be less satisfied in their relationships, less committed to their partner, more accepting of cheating. Like there's a lot of research that shows that it is just not good for relationships. Mm. So the people who are defending it and arguing for it, I think are addicted, are justifying their addiction mm. and, you know, don't want to admit that they're doing something that's destructive. I yeah. I don't know how to, you don't know how to get through to that person to say, you know, that that food that you're eating is bad right. when it tastes really good Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't seem to be hurting them. I mean, that's kind of part of the issue with any addiction. Yeah. And do we end up kind of, do people justify what they want mm-hmm. and rationalize it? Because I have several um, friends, people I know who've struggled with this in their marriage and not one of them is glad that their husband is looking at porn. Right. But they're they say, devastated. <laughs> but don't many women say that they yes. are? Uh, yes. In in the comments, there are, um, you know, some responses saying that they are good with their husband looking at it. They'll watch it with them. They, you know, why which did, I know is a different conversation. Yeah, than the why kids, do they say but. it? Do they say it because they don't want to admit that it hurts them? Do they not know that they don't like it? Is it not being honest with themselves? Well, they might like watching it themselves. Yeah. You know, I think that is part of it, too, is, you know, women, you know, look at porn just as much, I think, as men. Well, um, so much of TV is soft porn. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. Is, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. We do. And we have an article on that on iMom about our kids being desensitized to yes. it. You know, yeah. and I think somebody could be listening to this and go, oh, you're, you're being too sensitive or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, 
cartoons that have like a ton of cleavage on these women pop. It's just like what yeah. are our kids' brains when you have a Megan, I don't know if you can relate to this, but when you see a child grow between like, you know, two and, and six years old, they are just absorbing everything. The the way that they learn so quickly, it shocks me to this day. My kids will recite the lyrics of a song that they've heard like twice. <laughs> and I'm like, my memory does not retain like that anymore. Mm. I'm done. I think my brain is done retaining like that. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's whatever. If something goes in, something else has to come out for me now. But they are just growing at this age so much. Yeah. Sponges, sponges. And James will remember stuff from like a week ago that I said, and I'm like, I don't remember that. Right. Um, but I kind of do. Um, and like, especially stuff in movies and things like that. So if he sees something, it's interesting because he kind of knows it's bad and that like he shouldn't see it. Even if it's as simple as like saying the word stupid yeah. or I don't know. And he'll go like, he'll look at me to see if I'm like going to react or if a kid's being mean to another kid in a movie or something like that. Like he'll look over at me because he knows. So it's so interesting that even at three, his mind knows that it's not good what he's seeing. Yeah. So when it comes to to teens also, I think that what's important is to, if you have that open dialogue about sex in, in relationships and in marriage, most teens or 53% of boys, 39% of girls believe that pornography is a realistic depiction of sex. And then also 88%, that statistic I said a moment ago, 88% contain acts of physical aggression. So it's like having that conversation with your kids, like, is this what you think it's supposed to look like to be in a healthy relationship with people? And if it's not, then what are you allowing yourself to to absorb here yeah mm-hmm. it's really scary so what do we do about it <laughs> yeah. we talk about marriage and the purpose of marriage yeah. and that's where physical intimacy is supposed to happen and that's where it happens in a way that is respectful and beautiful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know life investment and safe versus you know pornography that they're watching um is actually one human taking advantage right. of another human for money. Yeah. Right. Right. It's and about, that's, that's, that's just not what God wants. Yeah. It's about using the body and misusing yes. the yeah. body. Yes. Um, I think, Susan, I don't know if it was you that mentioned this a long time ago, like in a conversation with me, but we were talking about how to um, protect your children from this. And one of the rules that I have set now in my home is no technology in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So we don't let the kids take tablets in the bathroom. There's no phones in the bathroom. You cannot take a picture of anybody in the bathroom. Like (laughs) even if it's a silly like joke, because that sets that stage of like, you don't put someone's body in a photograph. You don't, Mm. you know, you don't take a picture of somebody and use somebody's body in a photograph for any Mm. reason. Obviously the kid picture of the the kiddos in the tub is different, but it sets that precedent and it sets that message from the very beginning that your body is private and that looking at it in a photo is not something that, that you need to do or looking at someone else's body in a photo. That's a really good rule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then of course, I think putting filters on everything, you just can't, you can't expect that your child is necessarily going to come to you if it happens to them. You come, some kids are shy. They don't know if they're going to get in trouble. Right. So it's so funny because before technology, you would never let your child go in a double X rated, you know, triple right. X, um, you know, store. But now that's basically 
we're saying is okay. So we have to realize as a culture, we have slipped in what we think is healthy for children. Yeah. And name it, claim it, and stop it. Yeah. And even the. I put blocks on my own phone because I don't want to see that. Yeah. (laughs) It's like I literally have blockers on my own phone because I'm scared that that's going to happen to me again. Then I'm going to Google something and see something I don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Or Megan and Aphrodite. You'll never, (laughs) never look at Greek mythology. (laughs) I'm telling you, I will. And it was, like I said, I didn't even Google anything bad. Like for that to be the first thing to come up was. Well, and that's the really scary thing also is that these companies purposely look for things that kids are searching for and find like one misspelling to lure them in and stuff. So you just can't be careful enough. And we have to remember, it's probably not going to be on our kids' phones or on our Wi-Fi that kids are going to get this because it's, you know, it's everywhere they go. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, and that's true that I think that if you're very practically speaking, if your child is invited to a sleepover or something and you don't feel comfortable talking to that family about like, hey, what's their access to the internet while they're there? Or you don't know the family well enough. I think that that's slumber parties and stuff are like really one of the gateways. That's a really good point. And just start talking to your kids about now. Hey, it's your job to protect your eyes. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to slumber parties where there's tons of kids with phones. You got to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to turn around and go do something else. You're going to be tempted, but don't don't take part with the other kids of laughing at someone being physically abused mm-hmm. on right. on screen. Right. Well, don't it's be fun. afraid to say, "Don't show me that." I don't want to yeah, look at that. Walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What has your experience been with protecting your kids from pornography? We have a lot of really good resources about this topic on iMom. So go to iMom.com. You can subscribe to the iMom Minute to get great articles every single day. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal.